Once again, it's about that time. The Brad TJ K Y Cat Stats. and girls of all ages and welcome to another Kentucky Cat Stats podcast. I am your host, Brad Woodcock, joined again by my esteemed co-host, Tyler Mounts. That's right. We're here again. And we are back in the cabin in the woods to bring you the things that you've requested that you wanted so bad, and that's us talking. We're back on the airwaves. Kentucky sports all day, every day. Every day. So with that in mind... There's a ton of things that we need to get to. Jam-packed episode. Another jam-packed episode. I'm pretty sure we can at least get enough information here for like a 10-minute episode. I'm positive that we can get through 10 minutes. Uh, I don't know if you can tell my voice. I'm a little under the weather today. I'm uh, I'm trying to be a trooper. Starts hurting a little bit. I've been drinking water ever since I got here. He's peed about four times already, too. They didn't need to know that, but... Yeah, I mean, I've been drinking a lot today. After Jake farted on the last episode, I'm pretty sure they can handle that bit of news. Moving on. So, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stuff that we want to get to. We're going to cover football recruiting, basketball recruiting, um, softball played in the Super Regional. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball season, baseball team season ended. We talked about that last week. Okay, well, that's one less topic I can cross off my list here. And uh, Coach Cal says he's in favor of uh, of freshmen staying two years in college instead of one. Or how many times he said that? That's something we can talk about. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Let's start with that. Coach Cal said today on the radio, I don't remember where he said it. He said it somewhere. He said today that he's in favor of a two-and-done rule as opposed to the one-and-done rule. What do you think about that, TJ? I agree totally. I really love the two and done. I believe two years gives you that gives you ample opportunity to achieve your goals in college and both grow. It allows you it allows you to get an associate's degree, um, which mm-hmm. is which is a start um, towards a degree in college. I mean, associate's degree is a degree, but it's not that great. But it is puts you on a better path than just having one year of college. Um, you know, it allowed it allowed Terrence Jones and Deron Lamb to achieve their, achieve their goals of getting a national championship, um, and you know they had plenty of school under their belt, um, plenty of maturity after the two years, um, extra skill sets. Um, you know, they grew as players. I mean, look how well Teron, uh, Terrence Jones has played um, this year with the Houston Rockets. Um, he got you know he got key minutes even in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the two and done rule. Um, just to be honest with you, I, uh, I'm more of a proponent of a baseball-like system where you can go out of high school, but if you go to college, you got to stay for three years. I, I would agree with that, too. Three years gives you enough time to finish your bachelor's degree. I, I guess I'm more prone to or more accepting to anything other than the one-and-done rule. I would rather it go either way. I actually think the two-and-done rule would be worse than the one-and-done rule. 
because you're limiting kids' choices so much in terms of what they can do. You either have to go to college, or the only other option they have is to go to the go to Europe. That's and the current. That, that's the current well, option. Yeah, but it, currently players are like, well, it's just one year. I can deal with one year in college. I think if you force them into a situation where they can go, where they had where they had to go to college for two years, I think you'd see more kids go to Europe or take some other path. Um, I don't I mean, think so because I mean I think ready. parents want them to go to college because a parent's going to want you to get your degree. Well, I mean you you're now you're making the assumption that every kid has parents or that they have two well, parents I mean, that have that kind of If they don't have some kids if they don't have parents, they have a guardian of some sort. Some parents though don't really care if they get the degree, they want them to make money and if a kid has a guaranteed contract overseas for a million dollars a year, that's a lot to turn down. I mean the average kid doesn't have that you know that kind of pressure. But, I mean, this kid, I mean, you, you're talking about kids, like, if Andrew Wiggins had to play two years in college, and he had an option to go, well, I mean, he had the option to go pro uh, over in Europe or somewhere. He could have signed a $20 million shoe deal next, or, you know, right out of high school. Now, Andrew Wiggins isn't the type of kid who wants to take on that kind of, you know, take on that <laughs> big of a, of a thing right out of high school. A- Andrew Wiggins could have stayed in Canada and played Canadian uh, ball he could have played. Um, I mean, he could have played, you know, internationally with the Canadian team, he which he's going happy. to. And he could have been perfectly happy. But why? But why did he come to America? Why did he come play? Why did he come play high school ball? And then why did he go to um, college? Why? Why is he going to college? Like, tell me why. I don't know. Be I can tell you exactly why. Because his hop is going to be way more in the states than it would be out of the states, and that helps you get into the NBA. Well, I mean, his hop would have been. High what if anyway. what if a year ago he would have went really and hurt. played internationally and you're not heard about him very much it and you only really, saw him in a few it didn't key really games? Hurt Brandon Jennings. I mean Brandon Jennings, but he took a, he took a rougher path. There people Brandon said that he Jennings, took a rougher path well, because it's the road less traveled and it's going to be. And he didn't play well. Why? Overseas. So you take you would take the road more traveled to get well, the better luck. Kids do. But I mean, I'm talking about if they put in a two and done rule because that'd be two years in college as opposed to one. And right now the way the system is set up, kids don't say. No to college for one year. He's like, oh yeah, we'll get to go for one year. I don't even have to go to class. Or, I mean, UK players do, but some players don't. I mean, that's just the fact of it. There are players who North don't Carolina. go to class in their second semester, and now you're putting them in a situation where if they don't, I mean, they could be ineligible for an entire season before they get to go to the NBA, and and just taking the taking going straight to the NBA. I think or I don't think it puts more Euroleague, I should say. I don't think it puts more work on the kids than it does the college coaches because, you know, think of Coach Calipari in this effect. Um, he has to go out and recruit players that are going to want to play two years. He's going to have to find kids that are motivated to go to school and attend those classes for two years. He's going to have to find kids well, that are. Coach Cal does a great job. Of finding yeah, he does, but because... that puts more work on him. I mean, he's he's had a few kids that. Just obviously don't want to go to school. I mean, there's a few, but I mean, like, it's not been like the kids they recruited when he was at Memphis. I mean, I think he would have had a harder time getting those kids to stay in school for two years sometimes, even though some of them did. But um, I, th- I think I think we're so set on the one and done though right now. There's not really that many one and done players. Most ki- most kids going to college believe they're going to be there two to three to four years. Kids don't go into the college thinking, hey, I'm going to go. I mean, you may go to Kentucky and think, hey, I'm going to be one and done. But look how many people have stayed every year. I mean, Coach Cal has had, um, besides his first year, he's had Terrence Jones to draw and Lamb stay. He's had 
Um, Alex Poitras. Alex Poitras Day. Kyle Wilcher. Willie Cauley Stein. Kyle Wilcher. I don't think anybody. I mean, Coach Collins had a few exceptions thinking. He had guys that were going to stay a year. You know, he thought Brandon Knight might stay. He thought Marcus Teague would stay. He thought Eric Bledsoe and Daniel Orton would stay. He's had a few that's been to the exception of the rule and want to, you know, want to leave, go to the NBA because of money. But and some of them didn't have a choice. Eric Bledsoe really didn't have a choice. He had to go to the NBA to get money. It was his best opportunity at the time. But for me, back to the point, the two and done rule. I think. I mean, it would be fine if it went into effect. I would enjoy getting to watch kids for two years. But I think that out of the options, I think it's the weakest. I think that the one-and-done rule, the way that it is, isn't a horrible option. Um, and it does encourage kids to at least go to go to school. They've got enough time to figure out whether or not they should go to the NBA after one year. And uh, But I think the baseball type rule where you go out of high school if you're ready – or you go to college for three years would be the best option. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm you know. I'm more for the baseball one too. Um, you know, a kid like Julius Randle or Andrew Wiggins, um, are you know are ready to play in the NBA right now, and they could they could have made that jump. But guys like you know Marcus Lee come stay for three years, and then he gets to have his chance to move on in the NBA. Yep. It may it makes sense, but. The problem is you get the guys in between, but you know you're always going to have the guys that you know like the thing the about the two and Harrisons and Young and Dakari Johnson. The thing about the two and done rule, if it came into effect, was that coaches would really be put in the spotlight more in terms of their ability to to improve player development. I mean, like if you couldn't develop players, you would get exposed pretty quick because if players were probably going to be first round draft picks when out of high school and then it gets to be their sophomore year, and you're consistently not continuing to put them in those positions. <clears throat> Roy Williams. And Bill Self. I mean, you would – you know, you're going to get exposed. Coach, players are not going to want to play for you because you have a track record of devaluing players' draft. Uh, I hate to say this for Andrew Wiggins, you know, for his sake, but Coach Self does better with four-year guys than he does with one well, one done guys. Andrew Wiggins will be fine. He doesn't even have to listen to Bill Self. I disagree with that statement. I don't think Andrew Wiggins will be fine. Yes, he probably still will be the number one draft pick. But for his overall better good, I don't think he will be served good at Kansas. I I mean, I don't think the best thing was for him to go to Kentucky or go to Florida State where his friends and his parents went. I don't think that Kansas is going to – I mean, yeah, he's going to have a great season. they got good players and stuff. And he will probably won't affect him any at all as far as draft status, but – He's not going to develop any, I don't think. And he needs to develop to be a key player in the NBA. If you don't develop, I mean, look how much LeBron's had to change in the last two, three years to to keep enhancing his game, to stay at the top. Kobe had to do it. Michael had to do it. You know, other everybody's going to have to do it. Andrew Wiggins has plenty of time to get better. He doesn't have to get better at all in college. And then he I, but the NBA what I'm saying is Andrew Wiggins years. is – Key thing is his overwhelming athleticism, I believe, in my eyes. And so was LeBron James when he came out of high school. He, he had overwhelming athleticism. He could jump out the roof, and that's really good in well, basketball. It's not like Andrew Wiggins doesn't have skill. I think I think he does, but I don't think there's I don't think there is ba- I don't think there is high skills as everybody thinks he has. I think we'll just have to wait and see. I mean, what he doesn't handle the ball like Derrick Rose. I'm sorry, he's six eight. He doesn't shoot the ball like Brandon Knight did. He doesn't have to. I don't understand your logic, really. 
for the yeah, position that he plays. For the position he ha- he plays is like LeBron James. If he wants to get LeBron to the rim, James, if Andrew Wiggins wants to get to the rim, LeBron he needs. Him. Andrew Wiggins needs to be like LeBron James. He's gonna have to improve. If he can't improve, then then in if his fifth year in the NBA, he's gonna be doing really really bad, and he's gonna be more like. Well, we're talking now. We're talking six years down the road. I, I said for the overall end. I didn't mean like next year. I I still think he'll probably be the number one draft pick. He could not be. He could have a decent season and not have a great season, and somebody else could have a great season. Who was the projected number one draft pick last year, the beginning of last year? Was it Nerlens? I don't know. It was Nerlens. Nerlens was projected after Shabazz picked UCLA. Shabazz was picked number two. That's right. Shabazz got dropped down because he picked UCLA. But, I mean, they're different players completely. We'll see. Can Kentucky have the fourth out of five years? Is that right? One? Yeah, four. Four four out of five years, is that right? Wall, Davis, Noel, well, could Randall be the fourth out of five years? We will see. This is something we're going to debate later on, but. Uh, I mean, I think that, I don't know. But anyway, it'll be interesting. Two and done rule will be very interesting. Back two to the point. Rule, I mean, two years, if you assume that all the players who go to college now would continue to go to college. Some people say that it would be a bad thing for Coach Cal. They say that players wouldn't want to go to Kentucky and live under the spotlight for two years. And uh, some of them would go other places. And I actually completely disagree. <laughs> I think that it would be the same. <laughs> I mean, the only the only thing would be, like, it maybe every other year he struggles a little bit with recruiting a class because maybe – Guys look at Kentucky and they don't see playing time. Like if you see, had the, if you had the guys that is on the team right now, all stay for another year. The 2014 recruiting class would probably just be Carl Towns, <laughs> and there would be very few other. Yeah, people. I, I mean, mean there, there may be there may be some other guys. I mean, maybe Stanley Johnson or maybe a, you know, a Devin Booker. I mean, at the most, like yeah, you get like two of the guys but because I mean, you're not going to get Rashard you, Vaughn. All you're doing is getting rid of um, Jared Polson and John Hood. Yeah. And you Kyle open. Lutcher could leave, and Alex Boisters could go pro, and Willie Collins not could go pro. But I mean, you still have Dakari Johnson, you still have Marcus Lee, you still have an entire lineup. You still got Carl Towns coming in. I mean, who else could Kentucky add? Maybe can maybe they would go after a point guard. Maybe Emmanuel Moutier or Tyus Jones would say, "Well, I got to play two years anyway. I'll just go compete with the Harrison Twins for a year and then get my year." But I mean, it would kind of turn it into a you'd have to want to be at Kentucky. Do you see them changing the 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 rule? Anytime no. soon, not unless not until the NBA decides that they want to change it. College really has no bearing on the rule. We can sit around and college coaches can talk about how they want to change the rule all that they want, but until the NBA does it, no one will ever be able to do it. Right. The NBA has all the power in this situation because kids don't have to go to college. So I mean, if the NBA said, "Well, we're going to drop it down to 18," then that would be it. If the NBA the NBA's rule specifies you have to be at least nineteen or have one year in college, so kids take that one year in college in case they're not going to be eight, eight, 19. Like Michael K. Gilchrist wasn't nineteen, Archie Goodwin was not going to be nineteen, but he got that one year in college. If the rule said you have to be twenty or have two years in college, then you know that's what the rule would be, and that's that. The reason Coach Cal talks about it is because he wants to try to get the NBA's, and you know wants to get their year. And I think that they may be listening after this draft because I think they understand just how limited 
the pool of talent is in this draft. <clears throat> because I don't think a lot of teams are going to be happy. I mean, like teams are, you know, they're talking about trying to move out of the number one spot, but nobody wants to move up to number one to get Nerlens, and that's no offense to Nerlens, just that most years Nerlens would not be a top five draft pick, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> so, I mean, a guy with an injury is going to be the number one draft pick. Or an ACL, and he's going to be the number one draft pick because he's a safer bet than some of the other guys. And I mean, like Just Cleveland, really draft Cleveland got lucky because they're the number one draft pick, and or they get the number one draft pick, and they've got a fairly good young Gordon. nucleus of talent. So I mean, like, I mean, they're, they don't have to stake anything on their draft pick; they have their superstar, so they can get Nerlens and you know give him a couple years to develop, and they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Some of the other teams who didn't get the number one draft pick, they're really hurting, and they're going to be hurting next year too, like Charlotte and um, the Suns. Orlando. Orlando. I mean, they're going to be really bad next year. I mean, epically bad. Charlotte might be actually a little better next year. Kid Gilker, MKG will be going in his second year. Uh, they have a few other decent pieces. Kimball Walker will be in his third year. So. They, have a top, they have a top five draft pick, don't they? Yeah. I mean, they could get another good score to go on their roster. Otto Porter or Ben McLemore or somebody. Probably Ben McLemore. They can get a guy like a. Anthony Bennett or something like that. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, since we talked about it a little bit, the 2014 basketball recruiting class, uh, Kentucky, of course, has one commitment currently with Carl Towns, but they're looking at some other options. TJ, what do you got for us? You're right. They do have Carl Towns. <laughs> it's kind of good it, way to start off a class. It's kind of uh, he's he's kind of the unheard of guy right now. He doesn't play on the AAU. Yeah, so he's playing with the he's playing with the Dominican team. Oh, uh, that's which is some news today. Actually, um, Orlando Antigua has been named the Dominican um, Dominican Republic uh, national team coach, uh, replacing Coach Cal. I think Coach Cal did that just to get Antigua in there because Antigua has this Spanish background or the Hispanic background or whatever you would say. Um, so, Coach Antigua right in there to coach Carl Towns and Al Horford and the rest of those guys. Um, and the guy from Louisville can't think of his name. But anyway, right so, now. nothing. Carl Towns, uh, 2014 commitment already. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Going on to the other list, targets, Stanley Johnson. He is going to pick Kentucky. Just going to tell you right now. You heard it here first. He will pick Kentucky. Pretty sure he's Kentucky League. Um, a guy committed the other day, Theo Pinson, to North Carolina. I've heard that that helps Kentucky out. Um, in the way that could because North Carolina now has three high-level wing and guard guys. That's uh, Joel Berry, Th- uh, Theo Pinson, and Justin Jackson. And um, so that puts us in a good spot with Vaughn. I think we're already in a good spot with Booker offering him. He seems to really love Coach Cal. And um, so... I think we're going to get Vaughn or Booker as a shooting guard. Um, they, they're very high-level guys. Um, at the end of the day, um, at point guard, we have Tyus Jones and Emmanuel Moutier as our top two targets. I honestly just think that Tyus Jones is not going to come to Kentucky. I don't think it's the right fit for him. Uh, Emmanuel Moutier is the bigger top guard, um, the more Cal prototypical point guard for Coach Cal. 
we saw how bad that Ryan Harrow played and how weak he was um, against bigger, stronger guys. And I think Coach Cal is going to, at the end of the day, might um, fear away from Tyus a little bit because of that, because he's kind of small. And Emmanuel so much bigger and stronger. Um, so we have Emmanuel. Um, if there was a chance that we don't get Moutier or Jones, we have a backup to that, which is Josh Perkins. Um, he's transferring to Huntington Prep to play alongside um, a wing, Jalen Lindsey. Uh, Rashad Vaughn is supposed to be transferring to Huntington Prep, but he's not yet, so we're still waiting on that. Hunter Prep's going to be loaded the next year, though, with Josh Perkins and Jalen Lindsey and Monte Gilcaesar. I believe they have a Canadian um, forward that they got going to play. Uh, they're going to be a really good young team. Um, a young team. Well, they'll be a really good team, period. Um, let's see. Power forward. Cliff Alexander. The three that everybody believes is a three-horse race between um, Kentucky, Michigan State, and Illinois. Um, many believe Kentucky's the leader. Um, if you had to pick between Trey Lyles and Cliff Alexander, who would you take? Both. You don't think it's an either or situation? I think it's a. Because you gotta, you gotta. You I really gotta think that, that Carl Towns is already on board. You're gonna have Marcus Lee back next year. See, what what happened with Dakari Johnson? We already had we had Nerland Snowell and Willie Colley Stein already on the team, and Dakari Johnson still committed with Marcus Lee already on the team as yeah, well. But Dakari Johnson, though, most people will understand is probably more than one year player and everybody expects Willie to leave next year. That would leave Dakari. Well, people most people expect Carl center. Towns to be a more than one year leave. Uh one more than one year player. I, I think he's one and done. I think he'll be a top five draft pick once he could be. Done. He's very talented. I, I believe that I, I said this, you know, months ago and I believe you heard me say this that Cliff Alexander, Trey Lyles and Carl Towns are all four are all three di- very different players. Um, I have heard Trey Lyles is more a a big wing, uh, more of a um, – I was trying to try and think of somebody to compare him to. I've heard he's more of like a three but can play the four because of his size. Um, Cliff Alexander is more of a center because he's such a banger. Um, but, he, you know, he's interested in being becoming the four because I think he's only like six nine. So, I mean, he, he he can't really play center because of his height. So, he's interested in, like, playing like Terrence Jones played. And, you know, Terrence Jones in his first year pretty much had to play the four slash five because of Enos Cantor being out. So, um, we had Josh Harrelson, but Terrence Jones took over at the beginning of the part of the year. So, uh, I think Cliff Alexander's really looking forward to kind of stretching his game out of Kentucky. And you've got Carl Towns, who's a seven-footer, who will play the legit center so I believe you have three very different guys. And, um, you know, I believe in all, when it's all said and done, I believe you could see us in 2014 pull in Moutier. Um, I'm not sure on the shooting guard yet. I'm not sure Booker or Vaughn. Um, I think I think Booker's more likely. Vaughn just seems like he's not really interested in Kentucky for some reason. Um, says he's still interested in North Carolina, so we'll see where that goes. Um, and then I believe Stanley Johnson will be our wing. He's by far the top prospect and the top target. Uh, Coach Cal and Antigua made him a top priority um, as soon as the UYBL started going to every one of his games. So, um, And then I believe you can get Trey Lyles and Cliff Alexander and Carl Towns. So, you know, six commitments um, along with the returners. I mean, that's going to be another star-studded team. And, you know, earlier you said something about – 
um, having the down year kind of every other year or somewhat. I don't think you'll see that. I believe you'll see our down year in 2015 because. Well, I only said that if they went to a two and done rule. Well, I mean, I mean, in the past though, I mean, in the the, the past few years, we've had an ever Coach Cal had a down year in 2010 well, I mean, and 2012. Down year is a great year. I'm yeah, I mean, it's that. it's it's just down for what's con- down for Kentucky, down for Coach Cal. I mean, it's not necessarily. Nobody's talking about the 2014 class already is going to be better than the 2013 class. Yeah, and I have said that for a while too. I believe they're going to be really good, and it's going to be a star-studded lineup again. Um, we'll move on from 2014 and 2015. 2015 is. Not a very good that's class. Pretty brutal. It's a uh, very center heavy. That may be the reason why Cal wants to have two and done so that he can avoid having to recruit anybody. And I also believe class. that 2015 is the reason he has um, recruited so many guys like Dominic Hawkins, um, Derek Willis. Derek Willis. You know, go, those guys are gonna like contribute when they're juniors. Maybe he'll get an offer to Shane Hall later in the year. Uh, you never know. Um, I mean, because really. Maybe the that's why he's going after the shooting guards like Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell and guys that aren't going to be pros after one year. Right, that too. I, I believe he's stretching out 2014 a little bit because he, he done it late. Um, but 2015 is just really not a strong class. It's really center heavy. There's about eight centers in the top, like 25. Um, you know, with Steven Zimmerman, Scalabca, Daniel Giddens, um, Diamond Stone. There's a lot, a lot more. Um, but, you know, he's offered Scalabca. I, I keep hearing Scal's tearing it up on the AAU circuit. So, you know, and <clears throat> besides <clears throat> besides Memphis, um, Kentucky and Memphis are going the hardest at Scal. So I believe <clears throat> you could consider it as a partial lead for Scal. Other than that, there's no real good point guards um, in 2015. There's a few, you know, decent point guards. I think like Charles Matthew, McCalla, uh, or Malachi Richardson, and a few others. Um, there's a few good shooting guards like Luke Kennard, um, but there's not any great wings. There's not really any great power forwards. I mean, it's really kind of a weird class. Um, Coach Cal has kind of already overstepped the 2015 class. I think I think he might pull three or four guys, and if that, because um, he's only offered one. He's only offered Scal. I think he skipped right on over that into the 2016 class. He's already offered Jason Tatum. Offered a Harry Giles. Um, How good is this 2016 class? Do what? How good is this 2016 class? The 2016 class? class is loaded, especially at the top. Um, I've, I hear most people say that you could almost take the top five of the 2016 class and put it in the top five of the 2015 class. Let's go through some guys. That we, how would they would translate to 2015 if they were to reclassify? Thon Maker. What would he be? Thunmaker would probably be the number one overall or right behind Scala BCA as far as the center, the number one overall center. Um, my scouting report on Thon a, a year ago was that he was a seven foot, um, <clears throat> a seven foot guard in a sense that could bring could bring the ball down with a rebound and dribble the ball before and score. You know, so you know, very mobile, very skilled. I guess a, a lot like Anthony Davis in a sense. What about Harry Giles? Um, I've not really seen that much on Harry Giles, but everybody um, is pretty high on him. Um, I had a scouting report on him. I wish I had it right now. I can get it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It was pretty much that he's a great rebounder and a great scorer and very explosive athlete. Um, What about uh, Seventh Woods? 
Seventh Woods just, I mean, that mixtape that dropped was just sick. Do you think maybe, I mean, like, I heard Evan Daniels talk about him this weekend, that, uh, you know, he was still learning and stuff. Do you think maybe he just had such a, maybe his mixtape was too good? I, 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 I would agree with that a little bit. Um, his mixtape was high school. It so was maybe the competition he was playing against was really weak. I think it was. Um, I mean, that doesn't. That, that, I'm not saying that he's not good. I'm just saying that I think uh, he really is good. I just don't think he might not be at the highest level he can at be the, at right now. We looked at that mixtape. We're like, oh man, this is the clear number one. Yeah, but then, but then Cal's got two offers out, and it's not, not seven Woods. Seven Woods. Um, I and hear that he's being contacted by Kentucky, but you know, it has to show something that Coach Cal has offered Giles and Tatum and not Woods yet. So, I mean, Coach Cal knows what he's doing. Coach Cal knows the athletes. Coach Cal knows who's going to be good in two or three years. They would already know whether or not, you know, I mean, they, I mean, they might not know already if they want to offer Seventh Woods, but they would know if he was good enough at his stage in his career to get an offer like they did Jason Tate, I mean, Tatum and, and Harry Giles. You, you know, you're talking about the mixtape. <clears throat> Woods' mixtape is obviously really awesome. Um if you compare that to Jason Tatum's mixtape, I have a lot of questions. I don't. I keep looking at Jason Tatum's mixtape and be like, is he really this good? And I have to ask my scouting buddies, my recruiting buddies, I'm like, hey, what do you think on Tatum? And they're like, man, he's really good. Great passer, great mind, great skill set, great basketball IQ. You know, very good. I mean, he's just not as flashy as Seventh Woods. They say he's just an all-around good player, and, and I believe him. I mean, it's been more than one guy telling me this and that, that's seen him play in person. So... Um, Coach Cal obviously saw what he needed to saw after like the first weekend, or I think in um, after the second weekend, EYBL and uh, Hampton offered him. So, um, is what it is. But there's some there's a lot of other guys that are going to get a lot of looks. 2016 is just a loaded class. You think maybe Cal loads up in 2014 on two year guys? You know, it's a very it's a it's a it's a very good thing guys. that it's a very good a very good possibility that 2014 is loaded. And 2015 has just a few key parts, you know, and then 2016 more, loads up again. We hear more about Cal recruiting like Devin Booker and D'Angelo Russell than we hear him talk about Rashad Vaughn. Or not? I mean, obviously he doesn't talk about him, but the, then Kentucky recruiting Rashad Vaughn, and that's not to say that Kentucky wouldn't want Rashad Vaughn, but maybe they look at their roster and they say, you know, we can get by with these guys in year one, and then they can be the star in, 2000, in the 2015 season and get us through that week recruiting class. I believe Coach Cal, I've said this over and over again, has got into a new recruiting model since 2012, um, since he only got. Well, he said it himself in the press conference. He said, I cannot go into a season with only eight scholarship players anymore. Right, exactly. So now he has 13. So now he has 13. Next year, I would say he'll get at least over 10. I think they I mean, will I can't say it enough. close to the full class as he can. Jared Polson has went from being a starting point guard at times to the 13th man on the team. I don't know if he's 13th or if John Hood's 13th. It'll be interesting. Actually, I think Dominique Hawkins and Derek Willis may be 13th and 12th next year. And John Still. Hood right before that. But, yeah. Anyway. So, uh, anything I mean, else you want to say about recruiting before we move on? This is getting kind of late. Uh, no, I think that pretty much covers basketball recruiting all classes. Um, I, I got some interviews going on. I don't think anybody out. is close to a commitment at this point. No, n- not really. Um, Rashad Vaughn's not really close. Stanley Johnson's of, not really we close. We have a bunch of next spring guys that we have to wait on. I don't think it'll be that late. I think, 
I think once you get into the um, towards Fourth of July, right around the right around that weekend, I think you're going to see some guys starting to sway back and forth. Um, if you remember last year, I mean, we we had the whole we thought James Young was going to commit May, then we thought he was going to commit in June, then we thought he was going to commit in July. The thing about James Young is we all knew he was going to commit. Yeah, I mean, we did, but I'm just the saying. other thing was would Cal offer him? Because I mean, we we had this debate several times. Why doesn't James Young have an offer yet? And uh, when it all came down to the Harrison twins, I mean, we all knew that they were coming. But, you know. People thought we couldn't get him along with the Harrison twins. Eventually, James Young obviously gave his commitment and got an offer. I mean, he was too good. And it was still after the Harrison twins. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, if you go back to then, I mean, like, most people think that Kentucky's the leader for Emmanuel Moutier. So, that's pretty much the perceived notion. Um Everybody thinks it's a two-horse race for between Louisville, Kentucky for Trey Lyles. Um, we already got Carl Towns. It's a three-horse race for Cliff Alexander. So, you know, you never know when one of these guys might pop. I mean, everybody thought Trey Lyles was going to commit, like, months ago. So, all the way back in January and February. Yep. So, um, let's move on to football recruiting. What do you Something got for spread? Uh, you know, I don't really have too much to talk about. I put a post up on the website today that's already outdated. Uh, Darius West will not be making his announcement on the 30th. As all was expected, he decided that he's going to take his visits and then make a decision after that. Um, I will say that I'm kind of, I think this news is kind of neutral. Uh, it's not really bad, but it's not good either. Uh, it's not bad in the sense that it doesn't mean that Kentucky's still not the leader. The problem with Darius is that he wanted to go ahead and commit somewhere, but he was still going to plan on taking all of his official visits whenever it was time for him to take official visits. So I actually respect him for not making a decision now and deciding to go on those visits. I think that in the end, Kentucky's still going to get him because Vince Morrow's recruiting him, and a lot of his friends are already going to Kentucky. And I think that out of the schools that are recruiting him and him and Mike Edwards want to play together, so I think that eventually they'll go to Kentucky. I think it'll be sooner than, like, the spring also because – Kentucky's recruiting a lot of guys in the safety positions in the defensive backfield. And if you don't jump on your scholarship offer now, you may not be around. I mean, there's this other guy that Justin Rowland posted about the other day who's going to be visiting, I think, tomorrow or sometime. His name's Jared Tucker, who's a DB also. He's a three-star out of, out of Stone Mountain, Georgia, which means that he has some teammates that play for Kentucky right now or some high school teammates that play for Kentucky right now. And he is a three-star guy that has offers from everybody. I mean, he's a really talented prospect. He's a guy that you do not say no to if he wants to commit, especially with the few commitments he had now. So he's if, if Kentucky's going to try to push him to commit probably this week, if he does, then that's another spot taken. Kentucky's also really hard on a lot of other DBs. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore is the star of this class, the guy they really <laughs> want the most. He's an athlete. Most schools wanting to play safety, most of the top schools, but schools like UK wanting to play corner because he wants to play corner. So they're like, Kentucky's like, well, we'll let you play whatever you want to play if you come. And schools like Ohio State are like, well, we need you to play safety. So part of the reason that Ohio State hasn't gone after Darius West is because of Marshawn Lattimore. They're in the same state. Marshawn Lattimore is safety. Darius West is safety. They haven't offered Darius West. They have offered Marshawn Lattimore. Um, well, they uh, they may have offered Darius West, but they've not really recruited him that hard. Anyway, um, so 
a lot of DB prospects are coming up right now. Kentucky is still, I, I guess you could say, they're still sorting through a lot of them. Uh, there's, uh, I heard today that there were like 50 offers out to defensive backs around the country. That Now, that doesn't mean they're all committable offers, but there is a lot of guys that Kentucky's after. I think if Stanley Boone Williams, the running back out of Georgia, if he comes to Kentucky, that helps Kentucky with Nick Glass who is another safety prospect out of Georgia, four-star on some services, three-star on other services. He's currently committed to Georgia, but if Stanley Wilson comes, then he may come to Stanley Kentucky. Williams. Uh, Stanley Williams. Did I say Stanley Johnson? You said Wilson. Wilson. Uh, Even worse. There's a lot of names out there. Um, <laughs> so uh, offensive lineman, Kentucky got a commitment from Jared LaRubio. Jared LaRubio is the perfect offensive lineman for the spread system. Uh, he's a he's he's only about he's only got probably get like two ninety five three hundred at, at the guard position, so he's not a guy that's like Larry Warford who's just massive, like three fifty. The thing about Rubio is that he moves well, he engages his blockers, they don't get away from him, and that's what you want when you're talking about linemen in the spread because most of the time you're going to be running running sets where you are just five down linemen, you don't have tight end help, you don't have fullback help, your running back's not chipping either. You want a guy who can get to the second level on run plays when it's only single back, and you want a guy who can put people on their butt. And that's exactly what Jared Rubio does. Um, Kentucky's still recruiting several offensive linemen. Um, I don't know most of their names, but they're very highly rated. Football recruiting One is a beast guy, itself to keep up with. Um, no, I'm, I'm surprised you're doing as well as you are. I mean, there's so many guys uh, that Kentucky's after right now. Probably the, the most interesting thing that you'll hear about probably in the next couple months is going to be the, what's happening on June 8th through the 11th. Kentucky's going to have a big camp where they're going to be seriously hundreds of prospects in Lexington. Uh, some names that you don't know, some names that you do know. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that Matt Elam's going to be there. Most of the commitments are going to be there. Uh, Matt Elam, obviously, the number two ranked player in the state of Kentucky defensive tackle out of North Harden. Uh, one guy that we've heard of before who used to be committed to Kentucky but then decommitted, Denzel Ware, uh, the defensive end out of uh, Florida or Alabama, won. Uh, I know that he was originally from Florida, Florida. and then he transferred to Alabama, but mm-hmm. now I heard they transfer him back. So it is what it is. Um, but he'll be there, highly rated defensive end. Um, a lot of, ton of guys uh, that Kentucky's really after, and some guys that are trying to get offers from Kentucky going to be there, and it's going to be a really, really huge weekend. Um, there's actually a few quarterback prospects that are going to be there. I don't know if Kentucky's recruiting them to play quarterback or not, but because um, obviously Kentucky's solid at quarterback with Drew Barker. But, I mean, there's some guys who want to come in and try to earn an offer or maybe they're, maybe they're more preferred walk-on type guys. I don't know. Well, like I say, football recruiting just keeps being on the up and up. Stanley Boom Will- Williams – uh, maybe, I mean, he he's the top 100 guy right now. I think that when this class is all said and done, he may be our highest rated commit. He's not a commit right now. But I think that Clemson took a running back recently. That put Kentucky in the driver's seat, in my opinion. And uh, we'll see how it plays out. But um, they're looking good with him. They're looking good with Derek Keefe still. Derek Keefe, four-star wide receiver, has offers from everybody. Ohio State, Alabama, uh, out of Ohio. Uh, he's kind of the big wide receiver that Kentucky doesn't really have right now, the 6'5", 6'6", guy 
that you can throw the lob passes to in the red zone. Like an A.J. Green Possession kind of type receiver. Or Stevie no, Johnson. No. More like a Keyshawn Johnson. I don't know if you know, <laughs> remember how he played. I mean, I know there's a funny story about Keyshawn Johnson right now. We, won't, we don't have to talk about it. But Keyshawn was your possession type receiver. He was so big that most smaller DBs couldn't handle him. I mean, you threw the ball up to him, he was going to come down with it. He's more like a – he's closer to Randy Moss without the extreme – Athletic freakness. Um, AJ Liger, AJ Green would. I mean, I can't really. You don't really have too many comparisons for AJ Green. There's not too many wide receivers like that that come around. Um, honestly, I don't even think Kentucky's recruiting anybody that I would compare to AJ Green because he's on another planet. I would compare Julio Jones to AJ Green. <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, they're they're slightly different, but that's the same kind of mold. I mean, they're. Just on another planet as far as talent goes. Um, like I said, though, football recruiting is on the up and up, man. It's just amazing what, what Coach Stoops and the staff are doing. It really is. And, um, you know, I know that a lot of it right now is that the staff is trying to push a lot of guys to commit early because they know what's going to happen this fall. Things are going to be rough. And they're trying to get the guys on, like Drew Barker, who are going to be on – the team, or they're not going to waver in their commitment no, no matter if we go 0 12. They're going to push the Kentucky bandwagon. They're going to push the Kentucky bandwagon, and they're going to keep. And it was very important to get a guy like Drew Barker on because he's the rallying cry in the event that we have a bad season. You can always say, well, we already got Drew Barker. You know, and Drew Barker's not leaving anywhere, and the future's bright because we got Drew Barker. Then you got guys like Mikel Orton who are not going to go anywhere, and Dorian Hendricks, who was basically. I mean, he was number two officially, but number one for the longest because Denzel Ware was out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a lot to keep up with, but it's a lot more fun to keep up with now because we're recruiting guys who don't just have offers from Ohio and Troy. And no offense to those schools, but Kentucky needs to recruit. Kentucky needs to steal recruits. Out it's of nice to see Kentucky getting guys that – have offers from Alabama, Notre I mean, Dame. You look at a twenty-four-seven sports profile of a guy like Braxton Berrios, who's my favorite recruit in the two thousand fourteen class because he's a small white guy uh, like me, <laughs> and uh, he's got offers from everybody. And when they're even the South Carolina guys are saying that he's going to Kentucky, that's all you need to know about the job that Coach Stoops has done because this is a guy who can go anywhere he wanted to go. And he's going to Kentucky, or he hasn't committed yet, but most assume that he's probably going to go to Kentucky, follow Drew Barker there, and be a part of it. And, and that's just another example of how, I mean, we're talking about, we actually, people are having the conversation now that if Darius West doesn't commit now, he may not have an offer in a couple months. And he's a four-star safety. And it's very possible, I mean, like, if we got Marshawn Lattimore or somebody like that, there would not be a spot here for Darius West. And Darius West is a top 250 guy, no matter what recruiting service you look at. Interesting. I mean, when have we ever been able to say that about Kentucky football? That's what, that's what I was going to say earlier was, when are we going to get to the part where we have to actually turn down three-star guys because we got other guys in Well, place? we already turned down three-star guys. Chris Frey was the number 38-ranked outside linebacker in the country. And we offered him, but then Kobe Walker committed and – the staff liked Kobe Walker better, and they took him, and they told Chris Frey that he didn't have – I don't know if they told him he didn't have an offer anymore in such clear terms, but later on that day he committed to Michigan State. And most people thought that he would go to Kentucky if they offered him. 
and uh, they backed off as soon as Kobe Walker committed because Kobe Walker committed right after it was reported that Chris Frey got an offer because they were kind of like they were putting them against each other in a sense. I don't know if that makes sense. Does it, does yeah. it make sense to you? It would make yeah. sense. They, they kind of get their guy Walker. they wanted. They had an offer out to Kobe Walker. They had questions for a long time if Chris, Fay, if Chris Frey could play in the SEC, if he had enough speed. So they get to a point where they don't know if Kobe Walker is going to come. They've watched Chris Frey enough to say, well, if we offer him, it's not going to hurt us because he's good enough to play here. They send out an offer to Chris Frey. It's basically, uh, it's basically they offer two people for one spot. Whichever one takes it is one that gets it. Kobe Walker committed, and uh, he's coming. Now, he's a safety right now, but most people say he's going to be a small uh, uh, outside linebacker when he gets into college because he's got the frame. And, uh, I mean, he'll be he'll be a really good player. Very cool. But um, I don't think I have anything else to say about football recruiting other than it's going well. I would expect that we'll hear another – we'll get another commitment by the end of the week. I what know. – where in the rankings do you think Kentucky will fall in the 2014 class when it's all said and done? That's a tough. It's one. just a guess. That's a tough one because I think they can move into the top ten soon, right? Like for current standings. The problem is right now is that there's so many five star guys that haven't committed anywhere, and those guys, the way the point systems usually work, those guys count for a lot of points. So Kentucky could end up with ten four star commitments. Very possibly in this recruiting class. They've already got three, and there's plenty of options to get the others. Now, I'm not saying that they'll get to 10, but if they got to 10 and had 15 three-star guys, the kind of three-star guys that they've got now, and maybe a few sleeper guys that you know maybe aren't that highly rated but they feel good about, you could be talking about a recruiting. I mean, you're def- definitely saying top 25. They will definitely be in the top 25. Now, whether they'll be, like, top 10 or not, that remains... I mean, they'll have to get... They'll have to go perfect for the guys that so you they think really you, want. I mean, I, I mean, I personally would feel comfortable with where the ranking lands, but 15 to 25, you think is very plausible? That's very plausible. Um, now, if they get... Like, if they start... Like, if you start hearing a bunch of Yahtzees on Twitter for guys like Marshawn Lattimore... Now, if they got Marshawn Lattimore... And Stanley Williams and Derek Keefe and Braxton Berrios all like that's four for four there. Got Matt Elam who is moving up in the rankings and will probably move up again as rival staff gets to and, and other staffs get to evaluate him more. Yeah. Um. And then you 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 get your big offensive lineman targets, and you get a big name linebacker other than Dorian Hendricks. Maybe you get Jacob Pugh, or you get Deion Singleton, or you get. Um, someone of that ilk, then you're talking about a top 10 class. Undoubtedly top 10. I mean, you got, you would have two running backs that, you know, combined maybe a top five running back class with Stanley Williams and Mikel Orton. You're talking about a wide receiver class that has three, at least three top 25 ranked guys. You're talking about a safety class that features Marshawn Lattimore. You're talking about a quarterback class who, Rival staff was talking about Drew Barker moving into the top 100, possibly in their next. I mean, he moved up huge in last rankings, but he's going to the five-star challenge. He's the only guy ranked outside of the top 100 going. Um, he can move up into the top 100 and maybe a top five quarterback. 
Uh, offensive lineman Jared LaRubio is ranked number 16. They're after some guys, and they feel good about guys who are all rated in the top 25 on their position. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest classes. In, I mean, easily the greatest class that Kentucky's ever put together and a class that you could put up against anybody in the SEC. The difference is with, with the SEC is we may only finish 6th or 7th in the SEC, but I wouldn't focus so much on that number as much as I would focus on where they, how close they are to the other classes. Because you're just you're pulling at straws to pick out a better class between number six in the SEC and number four in the SEC if they're both top ten classes. You're talking about like maybe one guy didn't get a high enough ranking that maybe he could have. Like maybe maybe they got one guy who was a top twenty guy, you know, a five star, and then you didn't get any five stars, and that's the whole difference. It's 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 amazing to see what the future holds for Kentucky, both football and basketball. And it really helps because the year we had was just awful. Yeah, it does not. There's not much. There's not much you have to do to be better than what we did last year in both sports. Three sports, really. Baseball was pretty terrific. Pretty horrific. Yeah. But anyway, so not terrific. Concluding the podcast. Uh, basketball recruiting is doing good. Football recruiting is doing good. Um, two and done rule, possibly on the horizon. I think that pretty much sums it up. Yep, uh, we got some uh, target go live date for our new website is next Friday, June the seventh. Uh, that's target go live. Pending any last minute issues we might have, um, we went over it this afternoon, looking pretty good. Um, we just got a few little minor details to clear up, and we should be good to go. What do you think, Brad? Sounds good to me. We're getting excited. Get excited, BBN. Get excited. We'll tell you this. Get connected. Yep. Get excited. Get, get connected. On. Um, see, like us on Facebook. You haven't already liked our Facebook page. You can follow me on Twitter at KYCS underscore Brad. You can follow TJ at KYCastS underscore TJ. Um, anything else? Um, we'll also, after the go live, we'll be... Um, Releasing some other news some about some projects we're working on. Um, so hopefully some good things to come in the middle of June. All right. So that's uh, going to wrap it up for today. It's a good any, day. Any I'm going on vacation. Thoughts? I'm going on vacation two days. I'm going on awesome. vacation Thursday. Awesome. For a couple of days. We'll so. have a good vacation. Hopefully I'll get to feeling better. And no matter what, we'll see you again next week for Brad and TJ signing out. Stay classy, Big Blue Nation. Let the haters hate. Once again, it's about to time. The Brad TJ K Y Cat Stats. Yeah.